Good morning. I'm Wimala, and this is April 14th. Beautiful sunny day here in Crystal Lake, and it's going to be very windy today and not as warm as it was yesterday. So we're back in our typical spring, up and down, up and down, just like the world. Um, yeah, I've been listening to news the last few mornings again after kind of a break and realized I was missing a lot of things going on in the world. But try not to get obsessive about the news. Uh, most of it's, most of it that we hear is not very good and it can really, I think it can really, um, sometimes we have to be careful about how much we take in and how much repetition we take in because it's creating probably a lot of uh, a lot of difficulties for people to take it all in. It's not that we need to be ignorant of the world, but we have to really be careful, really be um, mindful. So I'm going to continue um, Recording to my personal page first, because uh, which is Weemala Judy Franklin, since I've changed it, but a same account but different name, and the Blue Lotus page. After talking to Tessa yesterday, a few days ago, we really tried to look at what was going on, and it's there's there's uh, something going on that we can't understand. So it seems that it's made difficulties for other for Bhante Sujata and other people trying to post on the page. So I'm going to stay here and I'll try to share it as soon as I can each day. Share it back to Blue Lotus. That seems to be easier because my account is not messed up. So if you're a Facebook genius, Contact the Blue Lotus Temple office and see if you can help them out. Excuse me, the seasonal allergies are really getting me. And the wind seems to be uh, really enjoying spreading the pollen and the mold and all that stuff. So hopefully I can read something for you that'll be... Uh, that'll be interesting and enlightening. And I found two pieces that um, that are very short, but I think they're very good. And from Gil Fronsdale's book, The Issue at Hand, Essays on Buddhist Mindfulness Practice. And Gil Fronsdale is the lead teacher at the uh, Insight Meditation Center of Mid-Peninsula on the West Coast, just below this part of Silicon Valley, just below San Francisco. He's a great teacher. So this is very short, the practice of mindfulness and then how mindfulness works when it doesn't work. I thought that sounded very interesting. There's just a few pages, so, and then we'll sit. Thanks, Eva. That's where you can find these pages, the PDFs for free, that Eva is uh, posting. 
Attentive among the inattentive, wide awake among the sleeping, the wise one advances as a swift horse leaves behind a weak one. And that's the Dhammapada 29. The practice of mindfulness. In the Mahapadinibbana Sutta, the scripture that records the Buddha's last teachings, the Buddha summarizes what he discovered with his awakening and what he taught during his 45 years as a teacher. Significantly, he does not recount a set of doctrines or a belief system, but rather gives a list of practices and spiritual qualities that grow with a spiritual life. By teaching practices instead of truths, the Buddha offered methods to help us uncover our potential for peaceful, compassionate, and liberated lives. In a sense, Buddhist practice is concerned with discovering what is truest for each of us in our own hearts and bodies, rather than what tradition, scriptures, or teachers may tell us is true. Insight meditation, or vipassana, is one of the central teachings of the Buddha. It has continued as a living practice for 2,500 years. At the heart of insight meditation is the practice of mindfulness. At the, I'm sorry, let me read that sentence again. At the heart of insight meditation is the practice of mindfulness, the cultivation of clear, stable, and non-judgmental awareness. While mindfulness practice can be highly effective in helping bring calm and clarity to the pressures of daily life, it is also a spiritual path that gradually dissolves the barrier to the full development of our wisdom, compassion, and freedom. The word vipassana literally means clear seeing. Cultivating our capacity to see clearly is the foundation for learning how to be present for things as they are, as they arrive. It is learning to see without the filters of bias, judgment, projection, or emotional reactions. It also entails developing the trust and inner strength that allow us to be with things as they are, instead of how we wish they could be. Mindfulness practice does not involve trying to change who we are. Instead, it is a practice of seeing clearly who we are, of seeing what is happening as it unfolds without interference. In the process, even without trying, we can be transformed. Mindfulness relies on an important characteristic of awareness. Awareness by itself does not judge resist, or cling to anything. By focusing on simply being aware, we learn to disentangle ourselves from our habitual reactions and begin to have a friendlier and more compassionate relationship with our experience, with ourselves, and with others. However, awareness is often confused with self-consciousness in which we judge what we are experiencing against our opinions and images of self. For instance, if we get angry during a period of meditation, a self-conscious response might be, 
Shoot, I'm angry again. I hate myself for always being so angry. With mindfulness practice, we cultivate an awareness that recognizes anger's presence without judging it. We would be mindful that there is anger. This is very important. If we see a beautiful flower with awareness, we simply appreciate the flower. A self-conscious response might be, that's a beautiful flower and I want it for myself so people will know I have good taste and they will admire me. A foundation stone of Buddhist practice and teaching is a great appreciation for the present. This includes the recognition that the most wonderful things that we have in life happen only if we are in the present moment. For friendship, joy, generosity, compassion, and appreciation of beauty to arise, we have to allow ourselves the time and the presence to be aware. Appreciating the present moment involves learning that the present moment is trustable if we are present for it, if we can be wholeheartedly mindful and non-reactive to what is going on in the present, then we will learn to respond appropriately. Having appreciation and trust is not always easy. Part of Buddhist practice is to discover what prevents us from trusting and appreciating the present moment. What is our actual frustration? What is our resistance? What is our suffering? What is our mistrust? When these are operating, the job of mindfulness is to clearly recognize them and then to hold them non-judgmentally with our awareness. Buddhist teaching suggests that when we find the thing that keeps us from appreciating the present, the thing that keeps us from trusting, the very thing that causes us suffering, it is a gate to freedom, to awakening. We learn to live with openness and trust rather than with a self-image and all the self-criticism, aversion, and pride that can come with it. In mindfulness practice, none of our humanity is denied. We are discovering a way to be present to everything, our full humanity, so everything becomes a gate to freedom, to compassion, and to ourselves. I think that's a beautiful explanation of what mindfulness is. So let's read one more page because this is how mindfulness works when it doesn't work. And here's the Dhammapada verse, Dhammapada 34. Like a fish out of water thrown on high ground, this mind thrashes about, trying to escape Mara's command. And Mara, M-A-R-A, is that uh, presence of evil, maybe a little bit a little bit like we think of the devil the temptress mara is the tempter or the temptress how mindfulness works when it doesn't work in practicing mindfulness it can be helpful to remember that the tra- the practice works even when it doesn't seem to work perhaps this is explained best through an analogy 
Consider a mountain stream where the water is quite clear and seems placid and still. But if you place a stick into the water, a small wake around the stick shows that in fact the water is flowing. The stick becomes a reference point that helps us notice the movement of the water. Similarly, the practice of mindfulness is a reference point for noticing aspects of our lives that we may have missed. This is especially true for mindfulness of breathing. In trying to stay present for the breath, you may become aware of the concerns and the momentum of the mind that pull the attention away from the breath. If you can remain with the breath, then obviously mindfulness of breathing is working. However, if your attempt to stay with the breath results in increased awareness of what pulls you away from the breath, then the practice is also working. Without the reference of mindfulness practice, it is quite easy to remain unaware of the preoccupations, tensions, and momentum operating in your life. For example, or if you are busy, for example, if you are busily doing many things, the concern for getting things done can blind you to the tension building in the body and mind. Only by stopping to be mindful may you become aware of the tensions and feelings that are present. Sounds familiar, right? Sometimes your attempt to be with the breath is the only way that you see the speed at which the mind is racing. Riding on a train, if you focus on the mountains in the distance, you might not notice the speed of the train. However, if you bring your attention closer, the rapidly appearing and disappearing telephone poles next to the tracks reveal the train's speed. Even when you have trouble staying with the breath, your continued effort to come back to the breath can highlight what might otherwise be unnoticed. And that is the rapid momentum of the mind. In fact, the faster our thinking and the greater the preoccupation, the greater the need for something close by, like the breath, to help bring an awareness of what is going on. That awareness, in turn, often brings some freedom from the preoccupation. When staying with the breath during meditation is difficult, we can easily get discouraged. However, that difficulty is an opportunity to become more aware of the force of mind and the feelings causing the distractions. Remember, if we learn from what is going on, regardless of what is happening, the practice is working, even when it seems not to be working, when we aren't able to stay with the breath. Even when it is relatively easy to stay with the breath, mindfulness of the breathing can still function as an important reference point. In this case, it may not be a reference point for the strong forces of distraction, but rather for subtler thoughts and feelings that may lie close to the root of our concerns and motivations. Don't don't pursue those thoughts or feelings. Simply be aware of their presence. 
while continuing to develop the meditation on the breath so that the breath can become an even more refined reference point. When we are settled on the breath, the heart becomes clear, peaceful, and still like a mountain pool. Then we can see all the way to the bottom. And that's, that's it. Isn't that beautiful? I think this is just, these are the two most wonderful essays talking about what I'm always talking about when we meditate. We, we are seeing ourselves. We are seeing what's going on with us. We are seeing. And it's just from being, watching the breath, right? Those, these are beautiful essays. So why don't we sit? We can sit for about 10 minutes and you can, you can see. And I'm going to read this Dhammapada 34 again because I think it's just beautiful. It fits so well with this essay. Like a fish out of water thrown on high ground, this mind thrashes about trying to escape Mara's command. So, when we are settled on the breath, the heart becomes clear, peaceful, and still, like a mountain pool, and we can see all the way to the bottom. So, these are such simple instructions, just to come back to the breath. And it's in, it's in this watching of our breath that we realize how how much our mind is going off and uh, how, how much we are uh, caught up. We are that thrashing fish up on the shore. So let's sit. And we just sit with the breath. So relax your body. If you want to, kind of rotate your shoulders. Do It's really good if you... Uh, before you meditate, if you can do some stretching exercises, or remember that's what yoga was uh, created to do, to get the body into a a really good state for uh, working with meditation. So you can stretch and you can do some Tai Chi moves or any anything that will help your body become uh, less tight and get kind of work with some of the physical, some of the physical before you sit down and and allow yourself to be more focused on the on what's going on in this body, in this mind. So add that to your list of things to do if you're not already doing them. So if you if you just lift your spine feel awake and attentive that's a big that's a very important part of it for me if you can roll your shoulders back it opens up your chest just allows your natural breath to to go deeper so if you're in a space where you can close your eyes or it's comfortable for you just close your eyes or let them be half-mast, let your hands rest in your lap, 
I find it really good, at least when I'm starting, if I put my palms down on my upper legs. And that ensures that my hands are not clenched or tight or in a weird, you know, weird position. But you can also have your right right palm on top of your left palm and have them in your lap. Or you can have the palms facing upward. But uh, it's, there's nothing, there's no right or wrong way to have your hands, except you don't want them to be clenched, because that's a lot of tension to hold. If you can have a slight smile on your face, it's helpful. It's kind of working uh, working with some muscles. And let's start with maybe two or three deeper breaths in and out, just to let the body come to a comfortable, you know, shifting the body from an active state to a to, to just being with our breath. That can help us. Helps us become centered, relaxes us. Now just be with the breath. If you can, you're breathing in and out of your nostrils. Let this be a pause for you. Don't let your mind keep, don't use your meditation time as a time to sit and think about what you need to do. You want to let go of the thoughts. Don't repress them. You'll see them coming up. They want to grab your attention, but you're just being an observer. You're just being aware of what is going on in your body, in your mind. You can see the thoughts and just allow them to be present until they're ready to leave. You don't have to feed them with your attention. And that goes with everything else coming to you through your sense doors. You may hear voices. I hear voices of people working out in the hall. Sometimes, you know, I'm always talking about there might be a police car or a truck or something outside. We're just observing that and coming right back to our breath. Now, you can count your breaths, and this is one way that you know when you've, when something else has been a stronger pull on your attention. 
because you'll lose count. So you can try breathing in, one, breathing out, one, breathing in, two, breathing out, two, counting your breath like that to yourself, up to five, and then starting over again. And if you lose count or drop your counts altogether, you'll know that your mind has strayed, that you're not focusing on your breath. And then just gently come back to breathing in one, breathing out one. Letting go. You want to see what's really going on.
Come back to your breath. Our time for the day is finished, so if you can keep sitting, it's a great time. Your body is ready, your mind is relaxing. Just stay with your breath. And may everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of all living beings everywhere. We can be aware of the pain and suffering that others are experiencing. We can send them the merits of our practice and hold them in our hearts. And may all of you be wrapped in loving friendship, and thank you for help being with me and helping me with my practice. I love doing this together with all of you. So thank you, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>